Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness, the show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 10. Last episode was pretty heavy and and intriguing and got quite deep, deeper than we imagined. But um, we really had the intention that you would learn a lot and and really get motivated to expand your intuition. So I hope you enjoyed and were informed and intrigued by that episode. And this episode, we're excited because we are going to be talking about heightened awareness and it's okay to ask for help which was inspired actually by a call when we um, channeled Prince. And so that was that was pretty exciting because we weren't sure what this episode was going to be about. And we have a special guest here. So if you all remember, I spoke about my dad in a couple episodes, my dad, Mike Summers, and we spoke about him in episode six and eight. And it was different stories where um, his his old good friend came through and he didn't know who it was. And then he remembered. And then another one was about experiences with his mother who passed. And we had a lot of really crazy, amazing signs that she was there and the magazine coming out of the drawer and the phone bill disappearing, things like that. So my dad is, is really close with me where we travel a lot together with our families and we're like best friends. I'm an only child. And he he actually used to be a mailman and then he owned video stores. A lot of people in the San Fernando Valley knew them by their video stores, Video Valley. So he was a regular guy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and and a reg- he's a regular guy, but he's uh, he, he goes above and beyond with, with whatever he does. He goes the extra mile. Yeah. And he's a realtor for a long time with Park Regency Realty in Granada Hill. And we actually even wrote a book together, uh, Confessions from a Mailman Turned Realtor. I helped co-author his book um, about three years ago. So that's been really exciting to have a book out there. And so thank you, Dad, for being here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> and and he, he often speaks and interviews people and he gets speakers for the real estate office and, and has been speaking for quite a while. So I think that this is up his alley. But I wanted you, there was a time a couple years ago where you were intrigued to do a reading with Eden because I talked about her and and told you how accurate and she gets word for word writing, automatic writing. And I had said, you know, we haven't had any signs from your mom, which she was my grandma. I called her Ma back then. Uh, And so can you talk about what happened when you did do the reading and I got to be on the phone to help well, I'll, yeah. I'll go back a little bit. I just want to say it was a phone, a reading over the phone. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is just as accurate. I mean, most of our readings with prints are on the phone. Why I was even receptive to it, first of all, Kim gave me a, a gift for my birthday, a little bit ahead of my birthday, and it was going to be a reading with Eden. She asked me if I wanted to do it, and I, I said, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd want the opportunity. Uh, and I probably would have never been receptive to it, but when my mom passed away, we kept seeing signs that she was communicating with us. And uh, I was sitting at my desk one day, and I think Kim covered this on one of the past episodes, but I dropped a phone bill, and I watched it land on the floor at a supersonic speed. And I, it freaked me out. I mean, I, I spent 
over an hour pulling the desk out, looking for it. It, it disappeared and never reappeared. Shortly after, uh, there was a the chair that my mom always put her clothes on when she came to visit us. She'd put on the back of this chair. And I had set a tie. It was my favorite tie. And I don't wear ties anymore, but I used to then. And it had uh, dolphins on it. And it was one that my wife had given me for a gift. And the tie disappeared. It was there before we went to dinner, we came back, it was gone. And I thought, well, that, that's kind of strange, but that wasn't enough. But what really got me, there was a video poker machine that my mother used to play when she'd come over. And it was a pretty large video poker machine. It was like a little bigger than a shoebox. And she would hold it in her lap and have the and play video poker. And one night, while all this was going on with, with the, uh, the tie on the chair, that uh, same frame of time, yeah. Yeah. Then in that same period of time, uh, the video poker machine that we had taken the batteries out of <laughs> quite a wide, quite a long time before uh, suddenly began chiming music, and I looked at it, looked, checked again. It did not no have batteries. any batteries. There was no way <laughs> that that could have made any noise. And, and I I'm, was there. I saw that yeah. too. And, so uh, she was playing yeah. poker. So, <laughs> yeah, well, she was letting me know she was there. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, it, it kind of intrigued me. So I was... That was years ago. Make, and make so a long story short. Long yeah, I was, yeah, I was ready to, to talk to Eden, and, and you were giving it to me for a gift. And, and, uh, but I didn't know quite what to expect, and Eden called me about a week ahead of time, or I called you, I can't remember. But Eden basically said, Mike, she said, think of a couple people that you would like to communicate with and I can't promise you that they're going to show up but you know that uh, perhaps you can awaken them uh, and I, I thought of a friend David who I hadn't seen in, since he passed away about 15 years before and I thought of my mother obviously and I didn't tell anyone I didn't, I didn't even tell my wife <laughs> and lo and behold when, when we had that conversation and actually we were doing it on the phone we had a speaker phone and Kim was writing down what Eden said and we had it aloud and uh, I was blown away by by what occurred because there were things in there that that I know that Eden really was receiving those signals for example and uh, am I going on too long here no perfect yeah, what, okay. what, what about the part with the Christmas tree with the with your mom with the bat Oh, no, I, no, 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 I'll, I'll get there. Okay. Yeah. Um, she called me Michael on the reading from Eden, and sh she was the only one that ever referred to me as Michael. Everybody else, I was Mike. I had all kinds of names, but the only one that ever called me Michael was my mom, and, and Eden had no way of knowing that. Kim didn't even know that. Uh, she brought up an incident that I had kept inside of me and I had forgotten all about it uh, for most of my life and that was when I was about seven years old and my father had a nice habit of beating the heck out of my mom and I grabbed a baseball bat and was going to swing it at him and she told me in the reading that she was proud that I had tried to defend her mm. and I tears were pouring down my <laughs> eyes and this this is going back I'm 68 years old that. yeah and I think she said in the reading, baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, had, I had actually pushed that aside. I didn't remember it till it was brought it up, and it, it, it all came back to me. 
Uh, she talked about the dropped phone bill that I referred to, <laughs> and she said she did that to sh tell me to slow down, <laughs> that I was working too hard. Wow, how confirmation is that, right? Yeah. So after all of this, I know it's, you know, it's been, that was like 25 years ago that all that first stuff happened. And I remember before that, when I was younger, you didn't really seem to believe stuff like that. And because of all this, I feel you've gotten so much conscious and more deep and believing that there is no end to life, just different life. And so what do you feel about all that? I, I'm a total believer now. I've, I've heard about the book that you and Eden are writing with Prince and I've been intrigued by by hearing about the stories that Prince has relayed to you, uh, and now to actually experience it myself, along with a couple other people that came in that reading, I'm I'm a true believer. And that's awesome. Thank you. I probably would have <laughs> never thought my dad, my dad of all people, right? So, um, and speaking of Prince, we we had uh, we Eden and I take a lot of time to talk about what topics to discuss on this show prior to yeah. Yes. And so I talked to her recently, and I had just gotten back from Lake Tahoe. And some of you remember when I was on episode seven, both of us spoke about hardships and maybe feeling sick or, or having really difficult times. And I talked about having hormone issues, and I thought everything was pretty solved. <laughs> and uh, during my whole entire trip to Tahoe, I had taken too much of the wrong hormone. It was a mistake by, I guess, me not asking the right questions and the doctor or whatever. I don't know. Um, but I took the wrong thing and got extremely sick and imbalanced and felt horrible the whole trip. And it was very scary. And so little did I know, I was just coming out of it. And when we were planning the podcast, a lot of times Prince will also give us advice about our own lives. And so he actually kind of compared what I went through to what, what he had gone through in, in, in certain ways just to give me a lesson and to help give our listeners a lesson. And he told us he wanted Eden to read what she channeled on air because it is so profound to help others who are going through really hard times and to make sense of them and how, and how in many ways he didn't make sense of it when he was here. Right, so he was able to resonate with you because of what he went through when he was here physically. So he's want, asking me to share, so I'm going to read it now. Okay, so it's, I heard you begging. Oh, okay, so he's talking to Kim now. Yeah, okay. he was talking to me, but he was also giving messages to our audience. And I already, I already helped a friend. I summarized it and helped a friend today who was struggling. So okay. it's, it's already helped somebody. Right. When you gain the insight. So Eden's going to read you. She, she writes this. She automatic writes this word for word from him. And we can talk back to him and ask him questions. And he responds. Um, and so she's going to write, read what he wrote, what she wrote from him. Right. And so he calls her Kimmy. He calls me baby. <laughs> uh, so he's referring to Kimmy here. And he says, I heard you begging it to stop. He's referring to when she was in Tahoe. I was there, too, in the same place. Fear ignites us. As I fall down, I pray. Kim, Kimmy became stronger, not me. I was only weak. And he's referring to back when he was, when he was physically sick, here. When he was very sick and, and ready to pass. It ate me up. Moving without ego is Kim. I was all ego, only wanting to stop feeling. So stop. He's saying, he okay. was saying that I was vulnerable. And it's still not easy to be vulnerable because you feel like you're a mess and you feel like you're falling all over the place. And especially when people are around you and you're trying to make it a fun time, 
you but but it you have to let go and just be yourself and be vulnerable because otherwise you're going to be an ego and you're not going to get help right and i think part of what was going on for you on your trip you didn't want to ruin your family's trip yeah so you tried to suck it up and yeah go on Okay, so that's what he's talking about. Um, so he says, again, I was sobbing and crying. I can't take this pain. It was all the time. I felt peace only being on pills, and it also gave me adrenaline, like jumping out of a plane, and that's what hooked me. So he's talking about not fentanyl, just pills, pain pills. I was Elvis all over again. It never felt like me, but what else was I to do? I couldn't stop. My hips had pain. If I couldn't perform, then I would not move. It was in my head, though. That was my pressure, the only thing to keep me moving. I didn't know the end was so close. I thought I would make it to England on my last tour. And we didn't even know. We, when, when he, sometimes when he gives us info, we Google it because we, I don't know, was he going to go to England? And usually, almost always, it's correct. And it was correct that he was ready to go to England a few months later, and he did not make it to England. Yeah, so at that point, I stopped channeling, and I asked her to look it up on her phone. And like she said, sure enough, that was, I think, one of the next stops for him yeah. before um, he passed. Or, yeah. <laughs> I grabbed my heart and wished for some signal. I would cross over, but so many struggles many whom I loved couldn't let go, even still. So he's talking about the pe fans, people fans. that loved him, maybe even his... Anybody he was close whatever, with. Yeah. yeah, he's just seeing from where he is now, he's seeing that they're still not letting go. Mm -hmm. And not that he wants them to forget about him, but it's about being healthier here and being free, letting him be free as well. Not, not getting depressed and holding on to where it's ruining your life still, where I think some people are, like, affected that badly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is, since my passing, the distance of days, long time passed, but still they are frozen. I am so wounded as a soul because the free world makes shame of losing control. I was embarrassed to be real and genuine. I failed to let anyone see me vulnerable. It turned to anger and control. Please stop, people. We need help. It's okay to ask for help. And then he goes into what is blocking us from healing. And it's, it's just a little bit more. But I, I feel this is profound because it could help so many people. A lot of us decide to look at something as so bad and no, no finding, no learning from it. So this helps a lot with that. Okay. What is blocking every human from healing? It's our negative, our fight our need to protect from bad happening. We look at so much of our vulnerability, truth, emotions, messiness, or even breakdowns as bad, but it's not bad, only by what we label it. Light comes in different forms. Sometimes it's in the form of something that feels terrible. Behind the darkness, you could find some light. But if you continue to feel dissolved from it, you will miss the light. This is more good because we are no longer in neglect of our bodies. It's a way to make ourselves more aware of the body. Just listening is what we need. So he's saying stay in, in tune with your body. And sometimes when you go through sickness or imbalance or hard stuff, then you actually learn more about what, what, what works and what doesn't work for your body. You get very in tune. 
Listen to stay on track with your own truth, not a sudden shift to follow what is accepted, but your own truth, your own knowing. As long as you feel your feelings, we can heal. And, and with him, he was talking about how he didn't, he didn't ask for help until it was too late, and he didn't, he didn't, he hid. And, um, and sometimes, you know, we don't tune in and realize we're taking the wrong thing. And, and even with me on my trip, I did have an intuition that I was taking the wrong thing. And I kept taking this hormone thinking, well, the doctor said, the doctor told me to. And that does not make it the end all be all. And, and a lot of times you could decide like, okay, let me figure this out. Let me research it. Let me get a third opinion, a second opinion, you know. And so it was a big learning for sure with, with the body intuition and listening with that. Right. And I don't think he's trying to say that had I listened and done some of these things that things would have been different. Because I also look at it like this was his journey, his yeah. destiny in life. Yeah, he's just confirming that this is how he felt. And a lot of what we have channeled from him is about how he was able, once he transitioned, he was able to see how he was always an ego here. And he didn't allow himself to be vulnerable. He was always the star and always the performer. And that was what drove him. And a lot of that was great. You know, he left many gifts and legacies for us, but he's just saying that he never allowed himself to get, get totally authentic, real and genuine and vulnerable. Right. So. It's sad. It's sad. He knows now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to learn that lesson though until yeah. he passed away. That, that can happen sometimes. Right. But, but he comes through now to help people. So... So, so it made us start to say, you know, how many of, uh, we, we started to say, do you know anybody who's going through something that gets vulnerable enough to ask for help and like maybe addiction or pain or, you know, and with coaching, I, I get people for sure, like that come and ask for help for things. But in general, I started thinking with friends and, and people I know, I don't know very many people who will admit like, oh, I'm falling apart. I need help. I know. You know? We tried to we think, of think of it. We couldn't think of anybody. <laughs> and so... I feel like that's a big issue. And, and, and one of the surveys I did recently, I asked, I think I mentioned this one time on a show, but I asked um, a bunch of women, like 100 women, how many of you have more than one or two friends? And 90% of people only had one or two friends they could rely on, that they really felt that they could trust. And sometimes the problem with that is that if they want to ask them for help and they're having struggles, that person's out of town or too busy or has their own life and they feel scared they're going to bother someone. And so they end up crumbling and having no one. And so I think one of the biggest things that, that this message was saying is, is how do we get to ask for help? You know, how, how can we get vulnerable enough to just, and I think it takes practice, you know? I know. Well, your dad's still here. Mike, do you have (laughs) any input? You, you're different. You've evolved. And you're different than you were before. Are you feeling more comfortable asking for help? Uh, definitely. Uh, I think Kim's influence is a major reason for oh. it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've had an issue uh, with my dad over the years. In fact, Kim had asked me to have another reading with, with you, Eden. Yeah. And, and I've been afraid to do so because I, I am afraid of my father who passed away when I was not quite nine years old, but he was such a bully and, and he would force food down my throat and everything. And I just, I, I just didn't want to have any part of him. He feels dark to you. Yeah. And, and, uh, and even just in the last couple of days, my, my wife, Kim's mom, uh, had said, well, you've, you've never forgiven him. And I, I need help doing that. 
Well, and, and so what happened was crazy when we were in Tahoe. I was pushing through, you know, just feeling disgusting, <laughs> but pushing through to have fun with everybody, having some wine. And um, and we're sitting there. And I do sometimes channel and, and not the way Eden does. But I, you know, for years I've done card readings and I get intuitive messages and I've gotten stronger at channeling and getting messages for people at times and sometimes now it ends up becoming paragraphs and this ended up being really profound but um we just started talking about his dad and all of a sudden I just got the same feeling I get it's kind of this like pressure from the upper right part of my head where I'm getting a message and I started to close my eyes and I started I didn't of course thank god I didn't talk in his voice or anything weird I don't want to do that (laughs) but but uh it you know it just um it just came out that his father had finally transitioned um, and wanted to tell my dad that he was never his true self. He was never light. He was always very dark and, and kind of bad here and that he didn't find himself as light until he got up there and he wanted to, to, to let my dad know he missed out on him and that he wants him to forgive him and that he was sorry. And, and it, it really, I mean, how did you feel? It was really crazy it, for me. It was, it really rattled me. I mean, I was crying. Yeah. And, it was a and I, moment. you know, I, I, I want to hold control too, but I it <laughs> just, it was very emotional. The things that Kim was saying, only he would have been able to have that information. And so, yeah, it, it, it affected me. And the, the one thing that came out of it was that he wants me to communicate, in effect, with Eden and has something to tell me. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> where I resisted Pressure. having that meeting, it's going to come here in the future. Okay. <laughs> right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't worry. We won't do that to you. But, uh, but it, yeah, no, we just, we just feel that... Um, you know, hearing someone like you, you know, a guy in his 60s that, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, I'm a businessman and I'm this. And you label yourself as something instead of just going, I'm a human being and I have feelings and I have things that come up and I'm open. The more open we can be, the more we can heal. Mm-hmm. And the more we really tune into who we are and, and own it and just go, this is who I am. This is who I've become. And we own it. We don't apologize for it. You know, and, and I do see that with you, Dad. You he'll go up to people that he doesn't even know if they believe or not, and he'll be like, Guess what happened? He'll tell them. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, hey. Um, but it's it's the more you own who you are, the more other people, most other people, you don't need to have all of them, right? Uh-huh. Well, yeah. And then the those who don't appreciate or don't respect that you are being yourself, they will kinda like kinda fall away from your life. Because the ones who are there for you, who do love you and let you be who you are and love you anyways <laughs> that's you know most the those people in my case <laughs> um yeah that that that's the those are the people you want around you anyways and and where you feel like you could just be you um but i think that for a long time people are trying to discover who that is who they are authentically and until they do people are going to come in and out of your life but eventually when you put out the energy of this is me and I love me, I accept myself, then other people will too. But they, the thing is, like, I always grew up feeling like I was too much. Mm-hmm. I think I even, I heard that from mm-hmm. my, my mom used to tell me that. Too much to handle. <laughs> which, can, which can be good, actually. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess so. But, it's but how you look at it. It was a negative thing for a long time, for most of my life. And I would always try to get 
people, I guess, hold back because I didn't want to be too much. You had guards up. Yeah. Like when I first met you in high school, I was like, ooh, I'm scared of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, no, you know, what's interesting. I'm reading this book called The Magic, the, the lady who did The Secret, Rhonda Byrne. I'm reading this book called The Magic. And I think I've heard this before, but I, I looked at it differently when I was reading this last night. And it said, if you're making a decision on, like, let's say to get divorced or um, to be friends with someone still or to have a relationship with someone or not, um, her recommendation that she said she found in actual research is that for each complaint about that person or thing that you don't like, you have to have 10 things you do like for each thing you don't like. And if you can't find those things, if you can't make the list of those 10 for each one, wow. then usually, statistically speaking, the relationship ends. So I've never really heard it that way. So I thought, whoa, that's pretty, yeah. you know, challenging for someone to to try to find those things. Like if they're not happy, you know, have some friends that are not in good relationships. Hey, if you have 20 things you don't like about them, can you find 200 that mm -hmm. you do? Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. that's a that's a little tip for for the people listening as well. Yeah. And then it's hard to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. So they feel like, you know, they still have to do something to make it work. They, they don't want to hurt them or lose them. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Interesting. I know. That's kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, well, thank you, Dad. Thank you, Mike Summers, for being here. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. You, you'll schedule your reading after this, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I'm, t I'm busy for the year. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever. She's so booked and oh. famous now. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, well, anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. And... Okay, so our next episode is going to be fun. I hope it's you guys... It's going to be light for a change. We've had some <laughs> yeah. deep ones lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the next um, few are going to be more, a little lighter. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you'll. I want to surprise them. But tune in to the next episode because something quite fun is going gonna, gonna to come up and uh, we're excited for it. Yeah. So okay. thanks all for listening. Thanks, Dad. Bye. Thank you. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.